0: And so as we prepare now to turn to Scripture, as I mentioned, we'll do something a little different this morning. Um, I'm going to say our prayer for illumination, as is our custom, and then the choir is going to lead us antiphonally. This is actually a very ancient practice of reading Scripture, which means they will go back and forth uh, responsibly reading our words from Isaiah. Uh, But we still have some other customs that we will stick to when they're done. uh, We will continue to, uh, to proclaim that this is the word of the Lord, and then I will say a brief prayer as we invite Donna Marie forward to lead us in our sermon. But now, as we prepare for God's word, let us go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, as we turn now to the words of Scripture, we ask that you would be with us wherever we may happen to be, whether in this sanctuary or anywhere around this country or world. We ask that you would inspire our hearing, just as you inspired the writing of these words so many years ago, that we might come to know who you are and who you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you who have no money, come, come buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost.
1: Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy?
0: Listen, listen to me,
1: and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair.
0: Give it ear and come to me, listen, that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my
1: faithful love promised to David.
0: See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you. They will come because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, has
1: endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found.
0: Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and ye will have mercy on them. For the Lord declares, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and And my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, as we reflect now upon your word, we ask that you would open our ears, our eyes, our hearts, our minds, and our lives, that we might be a changed people as we come to know who you are and who you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Good morning, people of Celicely Presbyterian. It's so lovely to be with you today. I hate to start this out with bad news, but I brought the rain. It came with me from Western North Carolina, where I live outside of Asheville at the gate of the Holy of Holies Montreat Conference Center, So, um, I came today to tell you that when I was a child growing up in the hills of West Virginia, I witnessed something that I will never forget. My daddy was a pastor, and we were driving down an old dirt road toward our camp on Second Creek. And as we drove down that dusty road, it was a gorgeous fall day. It was one of those days when the maple leaves are a bright yellow and orange, and they were just shouting out against this cloudless, deep blue autumn sky. And as we drove down that dirt road, our car kicked up these little puffs of dust that landed on the heads of the goldenrod that danced by the roadside there. Now, to get to our cabin on Second Creek, we had to go past the old Reynolds place. Now, the Reynolds place wasn't much. It was two rooms and a lean-to, hadn't been painted since the day it was built, and on the inside, the linoleum was all yellow and peeling up, and usually, there was just beans and cornbread and sweet well water on the table for supper. But it was home, and a Reynolds had lived there Well, as long as anyone could remember. Now, on a gorgeous fall day like this, Mr. Reynolds would be sitting out on his back porch, chain-smoking camel cigarettes, and stringing up leather jackets for drying. Those are beans, by the way. He'd be sitting in his rocking chair, and he would take his needle and thread. He'd pick a bean up out of his poke. That's West Virginia for sack. And he'd stick the needle through it and pull it on down the thread, and then he'd pick up another bean, and he'd stick the needle through it and pull it on down the thread, and then he would expertly tuck that needle into his faded blue jeans, take out his pack of unfiltered Camel cigarettes, tap one out, light it up, (laughs) Like most of the young men who'd grown up in the hills and hollers around there and then gone off to fight in the big war, Bill Reynolds had smoked his whole life. And the rumor in town was that he was dying. Oh, you would have thought so too if you could have heard him coughing and hacking and carrying on until you didn't know if he could draw another breath or not. And the fact of the matter was that Bill Reynolds had been thinking a lot lately about meeting his maker. In fact, a few weeks before that, he decided he wanted to get baptized, so he cleaned himself up and put on the best clothes he had, and he had gone down in the valley to go to that Pentecostal church, the one whose steeple he could see from his front porch. And oh, when he walked in, it was so pretty. The autumn sun was streaming through these little yellow and orange stained glass windows Falling all around this young girl who was standing up there in the front of the church, maybe seven or eight years old, wearing a flowered dress, long red hair, freckles across her face, and she was singing her first ever solo in church. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that. Well, then the preacher man stood up. Now he was a dark, oily-looking man, sweaty already. And when he started folding up the starched sleeves of his white shirt while everybody in there knowed what was going to happen next, amen, brother? Can I hear an amen? Amen! amen. Uh-huh! Let me hear it, amen! Oh, you got to do better than that, amen, uh-huh. Ah, oh, he started talking about how there was going to be a heavenly banquet, uh-huh, amen. amen. Uh-huh, how there was going to be fried chicken and pork chops too. Uh-huh, there was going to be mashed taters gravy running all down the sides of it for all them that have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh-huh, there was going to be cobblers too, wild cherry and blackberry for all them that have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. and when he gave that altar call that old man felt the Holy Spirit stirring in his heart and he stood up and he was going to walk down there and he was going to give his life to Jesus and he was going to be baptized till he saw the way folks was looking at him judging him for the way he was dressed. And Then he'd never felt like such a stranger in his whole life, even though he knowed half the folks there. So he just turned around and left before it was all over. But you know what was funny? I guarantee you God has a sense of humor. Those uh, Pentecostal folks, you know, the ones that didn't want old man Reynolds at their heavenly banquet, well, they liked to baptize people in his creek. You see, the biggest, finest baptizing hole in all the county lay right there in the middle of the old man's land. And the easiest way to get to it was just to cross his pasture. Now, there was one other way you could get there you could drive out of town on the country road, park up against the guardrail at your own risk, climb over the guardrail, and walk down the road of Copperhead Hollow. Now that's how the rollers did it in the snake handlers. Ah, there weren't as many rollers and snake handlers up in those West Virginia hills as there used to be, but there was still more than most folks like to admit. And they'd get all fired up in the Holy Spirit, talking in tongues, and handling snakes. And they'd get out there, jars of water moccasins, and copperheads, and rattlesnakes. And they'd scare their converts into getting baptized. And then they'd walk them down the walls, a copperhead holler, old brother John just hoping that a snake would come out so he could grab it and show off. But the Baptists, and the Methodists, and the Presbyterians should they find a man that needed a Duncan, they had worked far too hard getting their converts to risk walking them down some snake infested holler and having them get snake bit. So they would just ask the old man if they couldn't cross his land. And being that he was a kind man, he'd always say yes. But Bill Reynolds was a mountain man, make no mistake, so he watched them while they was on his land. Now, it happened the same way every time. They'd show up in their shiny cars, and the women would carry blankets and quilts to wrap them being baptized in. And then they'd walk down through his pasture, down through the knee-high grass and the Queen Anne's lace and the, black, the black, blackberry briars, down to the soft, sandy bank of Second Creek, and that sand would slip up through their toes. Preacher man, he'd go out into the waist high freezing cold water first. He'd lift his hands over his head, quote scripture, and then they'd sing the song they always sang. Shall we gather at the river Where bright angels' feet have trod With its crystal tide forever Flowing by the throne of God? Then the preacher asked them, being baptized, was they willing to give their life to Jesus? to claim Him as Lord and Savior? And when they said yes, yes they was, then He would take them by the shoulders and He would dip them deep over into those icy cold waters of Second Creek, and He would baptize them in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. And when He brought them up out of that water, they were shaking wet and crying, but with such a look of joy on their faces. It was something else to behold. And then they'd go back to the bank and, and the women would wrap them in the quilts and the blankets and the preacher would pray over them. And then they'd go back through the old man's pasture, back through the blackberry briars and the Queen Anne's lace and the knee-high grass. And they'd get in their shiny cars and leave. And the last time the old man's seen it, it had filled his heart with such a yearning, a longing that he didn't understand. Bill Reynolds wanted to be baptized, so he went out into his side yard, and he had himself a little conversation with his maker. Lord, it's Bill Reynolds, I guess you know that. Listen, sir, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how long i got, and I want to make my peace with you. I know some of the things I've done in the war weren't right. I want to be baptized, sir, but I — oh Lord, I I can't go down to that church again, people judging me like that. I I can't do it. Please don't ask me to. Lord, if you want me to belong to you the way that I want to belong to you, Then you're just going to have to come to me, sir." And you know what? The Lord Jesus wanted Bill Reynolds to belong to him, so he made a house call. We were driving down that dirt road, and all of a sudden when we passed the Reynolds house, my daddy just slowed down and turned in there. You see, he long ago learned to listen to that still, small voice. And it had said, whoa, just slow down, brother. Just turn in and check on the old fella. So we pulled into the side yard there, not expecting much of a welcome. When all of a sudden, Bill Reynolds ran over to the side of the car and he said, whoa, hello there, preacher. Listen, I got some things on my heart I want to talk to you about. Why don't you come on up to the house and set us a bill? Well, that was more words than my daddy had ever heard Bill Reynolds put in a sentence at once. So he came up on the porch with Bill, and Bill sat down in his rocker, and Daddy sat down in his rocker, and Bill took that needle and thread, and he picked a bean up out of the poke, and he stuck the needle through it and pulled it down the thread. And then he picked up another bean, stuck the needle through it, pulled it down the thread, and then he expertly tucked that needle into his faded blue jeans, took out his pack of camel cigarettes, tapped one out, lit it up, <laughs> And then he started telling my daddy about how he wanted to be baptized. Daddy didn't ask why. I mean, he could hear that cough as well as any man. And given that he was a preacher, he knew what it was that folks think about when they're dying. And he was trying to figure out if he would have time to come back by there and baptize the old fellow before that next all-important evangelism committee meeting at the church. When all of a sudden the Lord sent my daddy a telegram. A monarch butterfly a sign of the Lord's own resurrection landed right there on a milkweed in the old man's front yard. And as the autumn sun streamed through its little orange and yellow stained glass wings, Daddy got the message. And he said, Bill, this is about as fine a day for a baptizing as you're likely to find. Let's say You go get Macy, and I'll get the girls, and we'll just go down to the creek and baptize you right now. Well, Bill ran inside, and a few minutes later, he came back out with Macy. And there in her frail arms, she was carrying the quilt his grandmother had made for him when he was just a baby. Had his name embroidered right there on it, Bill. And we all went down through the pasture, down through the black... Blackberry briars and the knee-high grass and the Queen Anne's lace, Down to the soft, sandy banks of Second Creek. We slid off our shoes and the sand snuck up between our toes. Daddy, he went out into the waist-high freezing cold water first. And he lifted his hands over his head and he quoted scripture. And then they sang the song they always sang. Sing it with me. Shall we gather at the river Where bright angels' feet have trod With its crystal tide forever Flowing by the throne of God And then Daddy asked Bill the question Bill Reynolds Do you claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And then Daddy dipped Bill deep over into those icy cold waters and he baptized him in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Ghost. And when he brought him up out of that water, he was shaking, wet and crying, but with such a look of joy on his face, was something else to behold. And then they walked over to the bank and Macy wrapped him in the quilt that his grandmama had made for him when he was just a baby had his name embroidered right there on it, Bill. Then we slid our shoes on, and we walked back through the pasture, back through those blackberry briars, and the Queen Anne's lace, and the knee-high grass, and we got into our shiny car and left. And Bill Reynolds stood there in the autumn sun with such a look of joy on his face because you see, he knew, he finally knew that he was welcomed at the heavenly banquet. And that monarch butterfly, sign of the Lord's resurrection, well, he got up and started dancing all around that old man's head because you see, up in heaven, a celebration was going on too because Bill Reynolds, sinner, sinner had finally accepted the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and his invitation to be his guest of honor at the heavenly banquet. amazing grace How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like